Previously on Return Home. My name is Jonathan Barker. After five years away, I returned to my hometown of Melancholy Falls after receiving a mysterious phone call. Oh, Jonathan, return home. Along with my best friends, Buddy and Amy, we found that larger forces were at play. In addition to being the chosen one, all sorts of strangeness was happening, like fighting off the physical embodiments of the Seven Sins and tears opening into other universes appearing all over town. We are not alone here. There are other yous, other me's, everyone's, many of them, infinite numbers beyond your comprehension. However, despite the insurmountable odds stacked against us, now was one of those rare times where everything seemed to be going well. My parents were back, my friends and I were talking again, and for once, things seemed normal. Except this time, you're not alone. You have us. We don't know what comes next, but we do know that we are in this together. Seriously, we just became an episode of Scooby-Doo. It is now time to return home. The gorgeous Sunday afternoon was perfect for a bit of well-needed and well-deserved downtime. It seemed slightly surreal to be doing something normal for once. No fighting monsters, no looking for answers, not even worrying about what to do with the tears and the never was. Instead of all that, I sat in my parents' backyard with my closest friends and family, having a barbecue. How do you want your hot dog, buddy? Paired with several others, please. How many have you had already? In my lifetime or now? How about you just finish your salad instead? A thousand islands down to make that dressing, you know. Thanks again for having us all over, Mrs. Barker. Please, dear, it's nothing. Mason and I thought everyone could use a time out to sit and relax for a few hours. With some great food, no less. I'm just so glad the spooky gang is back together again. It warms my heart. Dude, really? The Spooky Gang? I've decided that's our group nickname. Uh, since when? Since now. Zane, come help me with these. With the grill? Mason, I've never grilled before. Just keep an eye on the dogs and the burgers, okay? You'll be fine. Hey, Dad, do we have ketchup and mustard? I'll run inside to get them. Anyone need a drink while I'm in there? No, thank you. I'm still working on mine. Are you really drinking a pumpkin spice latte, buddy? Not only is it June, but that is so basic white girl. Oh, I'm sorry, Johnny. I didn't realize the library was open today. How's that third monster you've gulped down today, you basic-ass bitch? So feisty. Forever and always. Am I too late for the party? Badass John, welcome. Glad you can make it. Thank you for inviting me. It's been a while since I've been to a barbecue. You and us both. Grab a seat. Hi, John. Oh, uh, hello there, Miranda. How are you? Good. And you? I'm... well. How long do I stare at these until they're finished? You know, that's just one of the great mysteries of the world, Zane. When the time is right, you just know. I can see why you hate when I'm being mysterious. I was just about to sit down at the picnic table to join everyone else, when my parents came out of the house holding a platter of cupcakes with more glowing candles than I could count. Happy birthday to you! Happy birthday to you! What's all this for? 
It's not my birthday. We know it's not. But we realize we may have missed one or two while we were... Kidnapped by the Society of Shadows. And had memories wiped by a crazed deity. We were going to say indisposed. Regardless, we wanted to make it up to you. So... Birthday cake. Um, hello, you missed my birthday too. Buddy! What? You clearly haven't had our famous honey-filled cupcakes before. They're delicious. Let's just call it a mixed birthday cupcake for all the ones we've missed. Including you too, Miranda. And you, other... Jonathan? Oh, right. Mom, Dad, this is Jonathan Barker, but from another dimension. We've taken the call of him Badass John. Just John, for short. It's a pleasure to meet you both. My parents were well-respected members of the community where I'm from, so I can only assume the same is true for you. Thank you. And they sound like lovely people. We'd love to meet them sometime. They're dead now. So, how about those cupcakes? Right, well, happy birthday, everyone! I had to admit, but... This was a lot of fun. It was pretty great to have all of us there, gathered around the table, laughing and having a good time. All of the troubles and problems of the last few weeks, hell, the last year or so, it all seemed to dissipate. We didn't have a care in the world, and we all had smiles on our faces for once, which was a rare occurrence. But that is why I was slightly concerned when I saw Zane's face change into a <laughs> frown as he rubbed his backside. Hmm. What's wrong? I felt a prick. It takes one to know one. No, I meant on my buttocks, you bumbling fool. Zane reached behind him and plucked an arrow about six inches long out of his backside. Oh my god, did you just get shot? With an arrow? What's going on? Funny, I don't recall Sherwood Forest being so close to Melancholy Falls. I feel... strange. Zane stumbled a bit and almost fell to his knees. Luckily, DW was there to catch his fall and he was able to slowly lower him to the ground. Easy now. Came from over there. Badass John leapt into action and dashed off into the direction the wayward arrow came from. Zane, however, was still on the ground, his eyes fluttering open. When they did finally open all the way, they lit up when they focused on DW, who was still at his side. Oh, thank you for the assistance. You're welcome. Up we go. DW helped him back to his feet again, and as soon as he was, he removed his arm around his waist. Zane, however, did not quite let go, his arm lingering a bit longer around DW's neck. So strong, helping me up like that. You know I work out. <laughs> okay, break it up, you two. Buddy cut in between them, forcibly removing Zane's arm from DW. However, his eyes still lingered. Is everyone alright? What was that? John went to go check it out. Let me see that arrow. My dad picked it up and studied it. He gently touched the tip to his pointer finger, and when he moved it away, a small drop of blood appeared. Oh, Mason, be careful, it's sharp. He put the tip in his mouth to taste it, and came away with a strange look on his face. Hmm, I can't quite place it, but it tastes familiar, like it was laced with something. Oh, great. So Zane was drugged? Badass John came back then, running at full speed. I found the culprit. It was a man. In a diaper. Huh. That's a new one. He was heading off toward the town square, shooting at people indiscriminately. If we leave now, we could take a shortcut and beat him there. Beat him, like, in a race? Yes. That is what I meant by that. So much for our quiet afternoon at home. Of course. Alright, come on, let's go look at it. Can you guys stay here and look after Zane? Of course. I'd feel much better if DW stayed with me as well. I wouldn't. Is someone feeling a little jealous? I'm not sure what this is, but I don't like it. Go on. You go save the day. I'll stay here and watch over Mr. Usually Krabby Pants. Don't worry, buddy. We'll watch over DW too. Okay, fine. 
You're lucky I lobster macaroni, you DW, but I am taking some of these honey cupcakes with me because I am not letting them go to waste. The rest of us, Buddy, Amy, Miranda, Badass John, and myself, took off, following John's lead toward the town square. Along the way, we passed a few people who seemed to have been struck by the strange person's arrows as well. None of them seemed to be hurt per se, but they were all strangely flirtatious toward the people helping them. How many people did this guy just randomly shoot at today? At least his shots are non-lethal. By the time we got to the center of town, there were a handful of people all over the square who had just become victim to the fickle aim of the arrow. Some were busy hugging their saviors, while others were making goo-goo eyes at everyone else. In the center of the square, sitting on top of the statue of Jebediah Hudson, one of the town's founders, was a person wearing nothing but an adult-sized cloth diaper. They held a makeshift bow in their hands, along with a bag of arrows over their shoulder. To make this scene even weirder, they seemed to have tiny wings sprouting out of their back. Well, not the strangest thing I've ever seen in this town. Uh, this is definitely up there. Hey! You can't just run around shooting innocent people with pointy sticks! Who are you? Me? Why, I am the purveyor of longing, the peddler of desire, the traitor of hearts. The grown woman wearing a diaper. Don't kink shame, especially before you feel the perforation of Cupid's arrow. Right, now that makes sense. Cupid's tiny wings quivered as they lifted themselves off the statue and into the air. Now, who's next? Hard pass, fly girl. Cupid let an arrow fly directly toward Buddy. However, he jumped out of the way at the last second, and it struck Miranda in the thigh. Ouch! Are you okay? Miranda's eyes flickered at Badass John, as she pulled the arrow from her leg and smiled. I am now. Oh boy. Oh, oh, oh! Another direct hit for love! <laughs> you can't just run around shooting arrows at people making them fall in love. That is what's happening, right? Sure looks like it. I wouldn't say I'm in love with John, but... I do have strong feelings. Uh, I, uh, <clears throat> mm -hmm. yeah. Regardless, you're messing with the natural order of things. You gotta let them evolve on their own. Plus, isn't it June? You're pretty far away from Valentine's Day, sweetie. Why wait? With but a twitch of my fingers and a plucking of my bow, I create lasting, meaningful obsessions that in no way, shape, or form cause issues with anyone or anything. Just pure, unadulterated lust. What about making that big dum dum jerk face like my boyfriend? How does that not cause any issues? I can't help who people lust after because of a single prick. I can think of another prick. Wait, Cupid? Lusting for others? Is this a sin thing? I think this is a sin thing. I'm pretty sure this is a sin thing. Seriously? This weirdo in Depends? Now, now! We come in all shapes and sizes. Not all sins need to be evil, you know. We can just want to spread love. These sins are just getting weirder and weirder. Huh, I don't know. Let's just not let this get out of hand this time. Hey, Badass John, can you help us out here? <laughs> I turned around to see Miranda and Badass John sitting on a bench together with Miranda twirling her hair flirtatiously. Badass John just looked uncomfortable. Well, they're out of commission for a bit. Looks like it worked. How does that make you feel? Any loathing? Anger? Helplessness? I mean, not really. I'm pretty okay with it. I'm pretty sure they had a thing for each other anyway. But she's your wife! Ex-wife. After she signs the papers. But I thought it would, at the very least, get some kind of rise out of you. Eh, I'm good. Well, that won't do. Not at all. I need a little more... a 
little something. Why is that? Because I love to see people in love. Hmm, I'm not buying it. Yeah, me either. All right, fine. I shoot at people whom I know are already committed elsewhere to cause some problems. I feed off the resulting chaos and obsession. There, was that so hard? And there we are. As if a sin had someone's best interest at heart. Please. Oh, Cupid. I turned to see Miranda walking back toward us, looking toward Cupid. Yes? I just wanted to thank you for opening my eyes to what I was really looking for. I'd love to show you a token of my appreciation. There's no need for that. Seeing two young people in love is a gift enough. Nonsense. How about a celebratory cupcake? A cupcake? Hmm. Well, I am a bit hungry. Well then, come down here and have one. No way. I brought these for me. Come on now, buddy. Share the love a bit, won't you? Badass John winked at Buddy. Whether or not he actually took the hint though, I'm not sure. But with a huff, he reached into his pocket and produced one of my mom's honey cupcakes from earlier. He handed it over to Miranda, who held it out to Cupid. That does look delicious. Cupid flapped their wings and lowered themselves down to the ground, standing before Miranda. They licked their lips and stared at the treat. Here you go. Oops! As Miranda went to hand it over, she tripped, or at least she pretended to, and the cupcake landed right in Cupid's face. The honey filling dripped from their forehead and nose, getting all over them. Duck! Aw, where? Miranda dropped to the ground, just as badass John threw a beehive from who knows where, directly at Cupid. It broke into pieces as a swarm of bees came out. Luckily for us, they were attracted to the honey smeared all over Cupid's face and went directly for them. Oh no! Not the bees! The bees all attacked, stinging Cupid with wild abandon. I had never seen so many bees in my life, and their coordination was impressive. Look out! A few rogue bees wandered off toward us, so we all hid behind whatever we could find to avoid their stings. Cupid was not so lucky, as they began to swell up like a balloon. Eventually, the chaos subsided, and Cupid was left to lay on the ground, covered with giant red welts from the bees. This did not go as I planned. It never does with you guys. How did you know I hated bees? What can I say? I'm a fan of the Renaissance. Plenty of art and poems about your unfortunate encounter with them during that period. This isn't... Fair. I barely got to set my plan in motion. And you're not about to anymore either. I walked over to where Cupid lay on the ground and took out the talisman, which was now glowing red hot in my hand. No, anything but that, not again. Sorry, dude. We kind of have to. That and looking at those stings are going to make me sick. I pressed the talisman against Cupid's skin as their entire body rippled and then went stiff. The dark stone in the center swirled with purple energy as black ooze started seeping out of their body, mostly through the sting marks. It was drawn to the talisman, streaming into the stone at the center. As the last drop entered the stone, there was a bright flash before another of the depressions was filled in. Within moments, Cupid crumbled into dust, only leaving behind their bow and arrow. Hey, look! All the people we saw acting strangely earlier were beginning to get back to normal. Their love-struck looks faded, and most of them just looked embarrassed now. Oh good, can we get back to DW now so I can make sure Zane still isn't being a creep? I'm sure he's fine. Don't let your jealousy take over. Otherwise, we'll be fighting you as Envy next. That was a, a great plan, Miranda. Nice work. Not so bad yourself, John. The five of us began to walk back together when Miranda came over to me. Got a minute? Of course. And... Really good job on that. Thanks. I figured if I played along and got close enough to John, I'd be able to tell him my suspicions of what was happening so I could tell him my plan to stop it. Wow, that was really impressive. You fit in here more than I thought. 
I didn't realize people can still think clearly after they are hit by one of those arrows. I don't think it affected me all that much. Really? It was a pretty direct hit. I think it's because they don't really work when you already feel that way about a person. When you... what? Oh. Oh! Are... you and John... I mean, I don't know. There's something there. But that's not what this is about. What's it about, then? I just... I was saving this for the right time. I was going to give this to you later, but after today... Well, no time like the present. Miranda took some rolled up papers out of her pocket and handed them over to me. Here. These are for you. What's this? Our divorce papers. Signed. By me. Oh. I, uh... I don't know what to say. How about, thanks for the divorce, Miranda? Uh, thank you. Uh, and I mean no disrespect by this, but why now? You've been putting it off for so long. I love you, Jonathan. You know that. But I came here for closure. And maybe I didn't sign them at first because some part of me wanted to see if we could work things out. But my initial instincts were true. You belong here. With them. But where do you belong? I don't know yet. But as it turns out, you're not the only Jonathan Barker in the universe. I mean, you're not wrong. So is that a thing that's gonna happen? Who knows? But you know what? It's worth a shot. It seems like a lot of things around here happen for a reason. So maybe I was meant to meet you in order to meet another you. Yeah, I like him. He's a good dude. Well, he's you, so I'm sure he is. So I'm going to go over there and see how things work out. Wait, uh, over there meeting his world? How are you going to adjust to being in a new place? A, a new universe? I guess we'll find out, won't we? You went for a new adventure. Looks like time I did too. Well, in that case, I, I wish nothing but the best for you guys. And thank you for, for this. You're a good guy, Jonathan. Everything okay over here? Everything is fine. Just don't let him let the world end or anything. Miranda smiled and walked away, joining Badass John and Buddy ahead of us, as Amy fell in stride with me. What was that about? You know, it was... closure. Come on. Let's go home. Return Home, Episode 34, Valentine's Day. It was written and produced by Jeff Heimbuck. It featured the vocal talents of Forrest Orta, Alyssa Retorno, Steppy Kamei, Cleve Nettles, Clarence Leonard, BJ Grip, Danny Haberman, Paulina Logan, David Doris, and Jeff Heimbuck. The original musical score was by Corey Celeste. Want to find us on social media, buy Return Home merchandise, or support us on Patreon? You can find links for each in the show notes or on our website at returnhomepodcast.com. Questions? Comments? Remember how many of the seven sins are left? Send us an email at returnhomepodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, pleasant dreams. <laughs>